Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. Because if you want to live a life that is blessed and you want God to touch you and you want God to to put his hand upon you, then you need to live a life that is anchored in him. A life that cannot be moved away from his presence. A life where backsliding ought to not even be in your vocabulary. They're removable items. They're not a part of my body. They're just a part of what I wear on my body. Being a part of the body is more than just showing up and sitting on a pew someplace and warming our hands around the spiritual fire. Amen. If you can be removed from the kingdom of God, if you can walk away from the kingdom, you're nothing more than an accessory. And God cannot anchor you until you become part of the body. Life is full of uncertainties. There's no doubt about that. It's full of things that disappoint, things that fail. But God has given us a sure thing. Understand that today. Understand that what the Lord has provided for us is a sure thing. You can depend upon it. You can stand upon it. He'll never fail you. He's the anchor that will hold. And I want... I need, I must have an anchor, especially in this shifting world that we're living in full of uncertainties as it is. I need an anchor. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1, therefore leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Drop down to verse 9. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Drop down to verse 17. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise uh, immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before of us before us is anybody here that's fled and sought refuge here recently you just need some place safe where god can speak to you where god can help you heal 
This is speaking to you today. Last verse, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. Amen. I just want to teach this lesson this morning. I've entitled it Anchored. Very simple, very simple title today that just really says everything that we need to know. Anchored. I want to be anchored today. I must be anchored today. You may be seated. God bless you. Uh, I was reading through the, the entire chapter today, this morning, kind of, I like to get um, a little before and a little after, get the whole context, read verses that I'm not even going to use in the lesson, uh, just to help me understand what's taking place in what it is that I'm teaching. But there was one scripture that jumped out to me that really made me feel good. It gave me an assurance. And I believe that that most of us, we like to have assurances. I mean, when you invest in something, you, it'd be nice if you had certain assurances. You know, I'm getting closer and closer now to retirement age. And, and uh, I went and spoke with a, a man a couple of years ago about, you know, my situation is just a little bit different working a secular job, also pastoring a church, plan on, you know, retiring from the secular job before I retire from pastoring. And so there's certain things will come to end. It's not your typical retirement uh, plan that, that he's dealing with when he's talking about my particular situation. And he began to tell me about one particular uh, product that that I would be able to use that assured me a certain amount of growth of the money that I've set aside to try to help us through retirement. And I liked hearing that because, uh, you know, I do know what it means to uh, see your account balance go up and go down. I mean, it's been very strange here lately watching, you know, 1,200 point uh, spikes in the Dow Jones and the next day it's dropped another, has dropped a thousand. The next day it may drop 600, then it might jump up again 500. I mean, these are, these are, it's all over the place and it's got the whole world kind of rocking and reeling, wondering what's going on. But I'm not new to this concept. I understand that when you get into something like that, you have to get into it for the long haul. You can't just do something based upon one day or one week or even one year, but you have to go into it with a mindset that, that you're in it to stay. And over the years, I've watched this as, as things have grown, you know, in that account, even though there have been times when I've lost, but, 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 but the closer I get to retirement, the less risk I want to take because I'm not putting more in. Up to this point, I've been continuing to contribute, but when I get to a certain stage in life, I will no longer be contributing to that account. I will be withdrawing from that account. You know, the whole adage, uh, pay now, play later. You know, I I don't want to be uh, uh, 75 years old, full of life and ready to go travel the world and have, you know, three nickels to rub together. uh, uh, I don't want to be poor. I don't don't need to be extremely wealthy. I just want to be able to live life and and enjoy a few things and occasionally maybe uh, take a small trip here and there and just be able to relax without the worries of all the financial pressures that sometimes go go along with, with becoming an elderly person if I'm gonna be poor I just assume God just go ahead and take me you know <laughs> if I don't if I don't if I have to choose between medicines and but that, that sadly that's the case for a lot of people 
Because we don't have a whole lot that we can anchor ourselves to. There's not a whole lot of things. Maybe you did some investing. Maybe you, maybe you in the past, maybe you saved up some money thinking it was nothing, uh, enough. And all of a sudden you found out in, that in your life there have been some things that came upon you that you didn't expect. Some things that, that came upon you that surprised you. Some health issues or financial problems. Uh, things had to be repaired. Things went wrong that all of a sudden changed everything for you. And you found yourself in a place that was very unstable. Verse 19, it tells us that this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, it is both sure and it is steadfast. I love those two words. Give me a sure thing, Brother Hogan. I want a sure thing. (laughs) Brother Hogan tells me you will die. I'm depressed already. (laughs) Class dismissed. You can go home. You're all going to die. That's about the best the world has to offer, though, quite honestly. We're going to tax you until you don't have nearly the the amount of money that you've worked for. And when we're done taxing you, matter of fact, we're going to tax you probably even after we bury you. We're going to still tax you. Those are the things that you can be certain of. That's the certainty that the world has to offer. But the Bible says that we have been given a hope. It's an anchor for our soul. Our body will one day pass away. Our body will one day go back to the dust. But our soul is what is eternal. So this body doesn't have a whole lot of assurances because this body is worldly. But what is the eternal part of me? God has given me a wonderful assurance today. That is my hope, and that hope has become my soul's anchor. What's an anchor do? Some of you are boaters. You like to get out on on the boats. Not the gambling boats. That's not the boats I'm talking about. You like to go fishing. Brother DeLong, you got a nice bass boat. He gets out there in that bass boat, and you find a spot where the fish are biting. But the wind's blowing a little bit. What do you do? You drop anchor unless you got one of those fancy GPS trolling motors. Do you have one of those? (laughs) This man needs to take me fishing. Because I've been on a bass boat on Baldwin Lake with Tom Lehan, and he does not have one of those GPS. (laughs) I'm the GPS. Tom sits back there with the big motor. He, he runs us across the lake and gets us place where the fish is. And he says, now it's up to you. You keep us right here. And I'm all day long trying to work that thing back and forth because it's windy on Baldwin Lake. And you cannot keep that boat in the same place. Wear me out. There are times when I just want to say, can we not just drop anchor right here? Let's just drop the anchor. Why do I have to get a Charlie horse in my my calf muscle every time I go fishing with this guy? It's like, oh, you got the honorable spot. We're going to put our our guest right up front. Yeah, the trolling mode. I I, I know that trick. 
wised up over the years. No, when we want to stay in a particular spot, we drop the anchor. We drop the anchor, and the anchor keeps you from drifting, right? Because what happens? Invariably, there's going to be some wind. Maybe not today, but someday. But maybe today. And there might be some currents, and there might be a few waves that lap along. And once you find a spot that you that you want to stay in, you drop the anchor because the anchor will keep you from drifting. It will hold you in place. But how does the anchor hold you in place? And this is the important part that you need to get and understand today. The anchor holds you in place by connecting the boat or the ship to something greater than itself. Yes. Something that doesn't move. Yes. Something that's unshakable. You don't anchor to a smaller movable object. You anchor to the greater object. The immovable object. The world's definition of hope cannot give you the same promise as God's word can give you. Their definition leaves you with uncertainty. When this verse talks about the hope that we have, it, it, it's a hope that it says is certain. It's unshakable. It's unmovable. It, it, it's something that, that God has given us by two immutable things. Yes. Number one, God promised it. But, but because God's word promises it, he went on even a step further and he swore by himself because there was no one greater than him. Right. Not that he needed to. He didn't give us an oath because of him or to keep him from doing what he said he was going to do. He knows the oath was not about him making us a secondary promise and backing up his word. The oath was about us because we understand promises. Yes. It was to give us an assurance. An assurance that we can't get in this world. What do we do? We go to a job interview. Everything looks great. Man, if I could just get this job. I hope I get this job. I hope they hire me. But what that is doing is that's still leaving us a little bit with some uncertainty. We're not assured that we're going to get the job. Two years. I kept applying to, to Federal Express. I kept uh, trying to go over there. And, I, and I'll never forget the, the time that my uncle called. And he said, you need to get over there right now. I said, what's your address? He said, 2735 Shoto Avenue. And I thought, Shoto Avenue. And I went over there looking for S-H-O-T-O Avenue. I drove right past Chateau Avenue. <laughs> looking all over the place. <laughs> You know, kind of like Q.E. Sarah Sarah, you know. Instead of K-Sara-Sara, for those of you that I need to explain that to. We were up in uh, Branson one time with the family a long time ago when I was still ignorant. And they were looking for a place to eat. And I said, why don't we go to that place? That looks good. They said, where? I said, Penelope's. It's Penelope's. Penelope, right. Bingo. High five, man. Dude, smarter than me. I know that now. I didn't know that then. I thought, how come I've never heard anybody ever call anybody? Hey, come over here, Penelope. 
Never dawned on me. That's not the way you say it. Penelope. We have hopes. I hope I get the job. I hope that she says yes when I ask her to marry me on the Jumbotron and doesn't pour her soda over my head and walk out in a, in a rage. Buddy, if you don't know that she's going to say yes, don't get her in front of 50,000 people and put it up on the Jumbotron and ask her to marry you. Hope. I hope that my mom forgets. This is back when we were kids. I hope that my mom forgets that she said, you're getting a spanking when your dad gets home. I hope. Let's be honest. There's not a whole lot to hang on to there. But God delivers a hope that you can count on because it is a sure and a steadfast thing. You see... This doesn't give much hope. I can move this. But if I grab a hold of this, now if you got something big enough, but it's bigger than I am, I cannot move that. It's immovable for me. So if hope is our anchor, then how do we get anchored? That's the whole key to this lesson today. Because if you want to live a life that is blessed and you want God to touch you and you want God to to put his hand upon you, then you need to live a life that is anchored in him. A life that cannot be moved away from his presence. A life where backsliding ought to not even be in your vocabulary. Not one single time in 30 some years of marriage has divorce ever come into our vocabulary. My vocabulary. You, you haven't talked to anybody about getting divorced, have you? Okay. I didn't think so. It's never come into our vocabulary because it's never been even on the radar. Now, that doesn't mean that we've never had a little tiff every now and then. We've never had an argument. It doesn't mean that we've never walked through some valleys. It doesn't mean that we've not had disagreements. But in all of those things... Amen. There's been an anchor. There's been a commitment. There's been a a, a, a a solidness to our relationship that, hey, this may be ugly right now, but we're going to work through this because I love you and you love me. It's never even become part of our mindset to even go there. Paul is writing to the Hebrews here. He makes a statement that is key to becoming anchor. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. He says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. He said, okay, we've got some elementary things here that are down. You've accomplished that. You've gotten there. Let's go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. What's he saying? What's Paul saying there? He's saying you've got the fundamentals down. You've got the basics in place. He even named some of them. You got repentant down. You guys have repented. You got baptism down. Let's let's not go back to these things. You know, just like, think about it. When, When you were in the first grade 
And at the end of first grade, your teacher gives you your report card and says, you know, Doug has, has passed the first grade. The next year, as much as you might like that teacher and you might have liked that class and now you understand what was being taught in that class, do you go back to the first grade if you pass first grade? No. What do you do? You graduate. You go on to second grade. You move ahead. Why? Because you have accomplished everything that you could learn in the first grade and for you to remain there would just stagnate your education. So once you get the elementary basics of first grade down, you pass that, you understand that, you then graduate to second grade and so on and so forth, right? That's the way that it operates. Why would you stay in the same class when you already understand what was taught? If you did that, it might be easy, but it would stunt your growth educationally. You would probably wind up becoming bored, and eventually you would lose interest altogether and probably just quit. I see this happen in the church sometimes. People come in and they get the basics down. They, they love what they feel in, in a church service. They come to an altar and they repent. They hear me teach or somebody in this church teach on baptism. They're ready. They're hungry for baptism. They get baptized in Jesus name filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and they stop their education right there saying, I have arrived. No. You just have gotten the basics down. Those are the very elementary things of salvation. Those are the, the first things that you must do. That, those are the things that are critical for you to get the basics down before you can begin to build upon those things. Paul was saying, you got the fundamentals down. There's no need to go over the same things again. You already understand these things. Congratulations, you got this. Now, let's move forward in your walk with Christ. It's time to mature. It's time to graduate. It's time to learn something else. What I love is that he makes sure that he, they know that he's not doing away with the basics. There, there's... There's people out there that teach, hey, he's saying, ah, that, that stuff, that's old news. That's, you know, don't worry about that. Let's move on to, to the other thing. No, Paul, Paul makes sure that they understand that these things are important. Those are the foundational things on which the rest of their spiritual walk can be built. But once the foundation is up, it's time to construct the rest of the structure. Yes. Have you ever been through a place where you see where they've poured the foundation, but it's obvious that they ended there. What do you have? You got a mess. I can remember a, a place uh, where I grew up out in the country on old coal mine property, and it was a foundation, but they, they stopped at the foundation. They just poured the basement, and, and nobody had ever built a house on top of the basement, and it was just a, a foundation. Well, what happened was people began to bring their trash out and throw their trash in there, and then the rats begun to, began to come, and, and the rats moved in, and then uh, us neighborhood of boys, we got our 22 rifles, and we'd sneak up on the rats and have a shooting gallery. 
dumb. Don't shoot a rifle down into a concrete basement. It might ricochet on you. You got it. Proud of you. We're learning. We're learning. Bullets are whizzing all around our heads, and we're just pow, 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 pow. No, something needs to be built. A foundation. You don't. You don't pour foundation just to pour foundation. Foundations have a purpose. Something is needs to be constructed over the top of it. Otherwise, it's just a hole. So, Paul says, we're confident of better things concerning you. He's basically telling them that there's more that God wants to do here. You've got the basics down, you're you're preaching the basics, you've got the the message of salvation, but, but there is more that God wants to do here in you, through you, and with you. Paul goes on to say in verse 11, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become (coughs) sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. What is Paul saying here? Now listen, this is very, this is very, uh, a key element to this lesson right here in this part. I need you to understand what Paul is trying to drive home here to to the church that is there in Romans. Uh, Don't get so comfortable being served a meal that you never get into the kitchen. Now, that's just my way of putting it. Paul's looking at them saying, you like the warmth of the fire? Chilly out here tonight. Oh, is there anything like a warm bonfire on a cold, brisk October night? And you're chilly, and you come up, and you've walked up, and you can smell the, the wood smoke, and you walk up and get it close to where it just feels so warm and cozy. There's something about a fire. There's a lot of people that are willing to come up and warm themselves around the comfort of the fire. But when they are asked to go chop some wood, it's see you later, adios, bye-bye. And Paul is saying, hey, if you want to come up to this fire, if you want to be a part of this thing, don't be surprised when somebody says, okay, it's time. The fire's kind of dwindling. It's time now for you to go help chop some wood. I can take off this watch. I can remove this tie, but I'm not going to. I'm going to leave the tie on. I can remove these glasses, but I can't take off my hand. I can't remove my foot. When I pull this boot off, my foot remains intact with my body the hand the foot the ears if I could take my ears off I'd go out and buy me a different pair I don't really like my ears I'd I'd find me a different pair that looked a little better you know I might change a few things but you can't right 
Why? Because it's connected to the body. I can remove the watch. I can take the handkerchief out of the pocket. I can take off the tie. I can take off the glasses because those things are accessories. They're removable items. They're not a part of my body. They're just a part of what I wear on my body. Being a part of the body is more than just showing up and sitting on a pew someplace and warming our hands around the spiritual fire. Amen. If you can be removed from the kingdom of God, if you can walk away from the kingdom, you're nothing more than an accessory and God cannot anchor you until you become part of the body. You've got to be connected. You've got to be a part of the fabric. If you can walk out on God, you're just an accessory. You're removable. But if you can become part of the body you can become anchored in him immovable unshakable covered by his immutable promises and his word things that are anchored cannot be removed because they are connected to something that's bigger than themselves you want to know how I get through life oh you don't have many problems I just don't talk about my problems. I don't put my problems all over social media. I, I don't I don't I don't give my problems too much credit because I'm anchored. I'm not anchored to my problems. I'm not anchored to this life. I'm anchored to God. God's bigger than I am. And if I'm anchored to him and God is moving through this life, then I am moving with God. I've got an anchor for my soul because my hope does not rest in this world. It doesn't rest in this body. It doesn't rest in this life. It rests in his kingdom. It rests in his promises. And God's promises are yea and they are amen. And you can stand upon them. You can rest assured that they'll come to pass. His hand is upon you if you are anchored in him. When our music come, I'm, I'm just going to wrap this up here real, real shortly. God designed the process so that we would get the fundamentals down first. You're never going to crank a home run out on a baseball field until you first know which end of the bat to hold on to. <laughs> There's some things you've got to learn. There's some basics that have to be followed through on. So God designed the process so that we would get the fundamentals of truth down as our foundation. Because if we don't have the fundamentals down, anything that we build upon faulty fundamentals will collapse with time. That's not anchored. God wants to build your life in Him. God wants to take you through the process of the fundamentals. Yes, 
You need to repent. Yes, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Yes, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But then the process takes us beyond that, and God begins to build a life of holiness. God begins to build a life of faithfulness. God will take our desire for certain things and help us overcome those things. He may remove them altogether, but if He doesn't, He'll give you the strength to overcome them because there is no, there's nothing that, that is in this world that, that doesn't come with God's Spirit. There's a way of escape to every problem that you have. It's found in the Word of God. With every temptation, He's made a way of escape. That's the scripture I'm trying to come up with. Listen to this, Hebrews 6, 9. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Okay, we got salvation, Brother Hopkins. Are we saved? Yes. I've seen some miserable saved people. Some people that might be saved might make it to heaven, but they are not enjoying life like God wants them to enjoy life. That's why I believe that Hebrews 6, 9 was written. Confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. We might have a soloist get up, begin to sing, has a beautiful voice. We've got some wonderful singers in this church. Get up and began to sing and, and their voice would ring true. And you might, you might love the sound of their voice, but, but quite honestly, sometimes it can be a little empty unless they have accompaniment. The soloist has a portion, but when you get the harmony to begin to blend in, and then you add the strings and the percussion and, you know, all these other things uh, begin to fill in. What does it do? It doesn't take away from the voice of the soloist, but it adds power to the voice of the soloist. In accompaniment, we find that there are things that don't take away from the beauty of life, the beauty of salvation, but they accompany it and they fill it in and they make it even more beautiful than it could be on its own. Yes, I'm glad to be saved, but I'll tell you what makes my life beautiful. It's knowing that God has anchored me to Him and I have found this truth and I have found a way to get the blessings of God and the favor of God by maturing in God and going on forward from the fundamental things into a more perfect way of living. Your salvation has a whole array of accompaniment. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. The Bible also states this, that we should find with patience, be found with patience, kindness, holiness, virtue, faithfulness, and commitment. These are the things that God will add to your salvation to make your life a beautiful thing. Would you stand with me today? My message to you is I have a hope that you will understand that we are not amongst those who have nothing to hope for. Hopelessness is a killer.
It's what causes people to jump out of windows, bring their life to an end, overdose. Why? Hopelessness. I just couldn't see a way out. There is a way out. If you're going through a difficult time right now and you don't see a very good future for yourself, you need the anchor of Christ. You need the Word of God. There is nothing else that you can hold on to that won't shake when something begins to move it. It will move on you, but you can get into the Word of God and find that there are promises, yes, even for your mistakes. There are promises that can hold you in a time where the storms are trying to destroy you completely. I end with this, 1 Corinthians 15, 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Why? Because there comes a point in time in everybody's life where you can't write a check big enough to get you out of it. Where you can't be smart enough, you don't have the wisdom to get you out of it. We are all limited. Our resources are limited. Our finances are limited. Everything is limited here, but He is not. If the only hope we have is what we see, what a miserable state of affairs we find ourselves in. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Christ was the first one. He's not going to be the last one. <laughs> he made a way. And my hope is not in anything that is here. There's some things that I feel like I can have confidence in this, in this world. But there's nothing like having a confidence that will take me into eternity. I've got an anchor. Are you thankful for that anchor today? for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.